Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to Top Stories. It's producer Chris. Now, yesterday we previewed the royal wedding between that guy and... The other one, and but no, not 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 those two. The the other young two, and they got married in 2011, as you would know if you'd listened to yesterday's top stories. Anyway, either way, in Bugle 151, we did the review. How was it? Let's find out. Top story this week. Here comes the bride. There goes the bride. Now let's all go kill Prince Charles and the Queen so she can take her rightful place on the throne. (laughs) Just kidding. I'll give it six years. (laughs) Well, we did it, Andy. We did it. And when I say we, I mean England. And when I say England, I mean Prince William and the woman once called Kate Middleton. And who is now called, if I'm not mistaken, Kate Prince William. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Pretty sure. Uh, but the, the palace have insisted that from now on she will be officially referred to as Princess K-Dog. <laughs> she's I'm... both traditional and modern, and I think that gets that across. Now, I might sound a little tired, Andy, but, that, but that's only because the wedding was on here at six in the morning, yeah. and I decided it was safest just not to sleep last night. <laughs> Going to bed was just too big a risk. What if I'd slept through my alarm? It's just <laughs> it's just too horrible to even think about. Did you, well, did, be... you did you camp on the streets like everyone in London's been yeah, doing? Yeah, I, I had to. I had to enter into the spirit of things. <laughs> <laughs> now, when people ask, what, where were you during the royal wedding? I didn't want to have to say, what, fast asleep, dre- dreaming about being shot by a talking seal holding a paintball gun? <laughs> no. Or oh, has that one come back, John, has it? No, it's back. God, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd lost that one forever, but no, it's back, and right. it's back strong. That dates back to your first solo <laughs> Edinburgh show, doesn't it? <laughs> Instead now, I can say, I was strung out on coffee in a cold sweat jittering in front of the television. <laughs> 
And what, what a ceremony it was, Andy. There were some surprises, certainly. Mainly what didn't happen, rather than what did. I'd put quite a bit of money on the Queen wearing a light blue hat. But, you know, instead she wore a yellow one. Yeah, she dressed like a banana. But that, was, that was bold. I don't and know what also, she meant by that. I mean, she's even... Because she's quite old now, she's slightly sort of hunched over, so she's... I mean, she really did look more like a banana than the Queen should look. <laughs> I'd also put a great deal of money um, on the ground of the Abbey opening up after the vows to reveal a zombie Princess Diana crawling out of the fires <laughs> of hell trying to drag Kate Middleton back down with her. <laughs> but that didn't happen either. What odds did you get on that? Two to one? <laughs> it was nine to four. <laughs> but I, I really thought it was going to happen. Uh, luckily, the Royal Flypass uh, went uh, off perfectly without a hitch. There must have been a slight concern that the pilots might momentarily forget where they were, and rather than fly past Westminster Abbey in formation, instead they might launch a series of targeted stinger missiles at it instead. <laughs> Could they not have used drones? I mean, they, surely this is what <laughs> drones are for these days. <laughs> Use them for all high-risk missions like that. Uh, now, also, uh, noticeably, Kate took the obey part out of the vow, and... Regarding the vows, I also thought that she could take out the for poorer bit of the for richer, for poorer <laughs> yeah. part. Or I don't least, think they'll or, be needing that. Or at least just said afterwards, yeah, but realistically, <laughs> just for richer. <laughs> so, as you say, the guests are currently at the wedding reception at Buckingham Palace right now, uh, where they are reportedly eating royal hot dogs, which is, of course, corgis in a hot dog <laughs> bun smeared with relish and mustard. If you think that's disgusting, ask yourself this. Is it any more disgusting, realistically, than a regular hot dog? <laughs> also, don't act surprised. Why do you think the Queen has so many corgis? She's been farming them for meat. <laughs> for meat, Andy. <laughs> for meat and handbags. <laughs> so it was unquestionably not just the wedding of the Millennium John, but the wedding of the post-Paleolithic era, I'd say. And uh, as, we s as we speak now, I believe... Uh, the father of the bride is speaking, and uh, Princess K-Dog is shifting uneasily on her newly royal buttocks <laughs> as her father starts banging on nervously about what happened to Anne Boleyn and telling her to be <laughs> a very good princess just to be on the safe side. And, uh, <laughs> Prince Harry, of course, has rattled off some crude jokes that he downloaded this morning off the internet and made some suggestive remarks about the maid of honour, who, if I'm not very much mistaken, was none other than the Italian politician and porn star La Cicciolina. <laughs> Cicciolina. Controversial choice, but her and uh, Kate uh, used to play in the same roller hockey team. Anyway, I digress. But, um, yes, it, it's... Uh, and, of course, you know, not only is the ceremonial inaugural royal hump just hours, uh, perhaps even minutes away, if they can sneak out the back of the marquee for five minutes whilst the band is setting up, but the first dance is must be getting imminent now, John. True. As revealed exclusively on the Hello Bugler's Twitter feed, that first dance is going to be to the Velvet Underground's heroine. <laughs> Very much what Kate and William refer to as their song. And uh, Lou Reed's been involved in the choreography. Apparently it's going to be uh, going to be pretty graphic, but moving. <laughs> Is it going to be both of them slumped down in the middle of the dance floor motionless? <laughs> well, I don't want to give away any, any secrets, John. I don't want to spoil the occasion. <laughs> in terms of the guest list at the wedding, there was some late controversy when it emerged that the Syrian ambassador had been invited to the wedding, which does look bad. <laughs> when you consider what Syria is doing to the Syrian people at the moment. As a nation, it's basically self-harming like a depressed teenage goth. All this, all this provoked something of a diplomatic snafu, as his invitation was revoked after government officials said it was inappropriate for him to attend. And that's for pretty understandable reasons. Uh, I think the wedding invitation clearly states that it's formal dress, 
and that any guests attending cannot have been implicated in opening fire on crowds of their own unarmed citizens. And you really have to make a choice whether you want to go or not. Do you want to go to the wedding? Or do you want to shoot your own people? And Syria made their choice, I, I guess, under the reasoning that the royal wedding is really just for one day, whereas you can shoot your own people all year. <laughs> That's why I didn't invite Robert McGarvey to my wedding, <laughs> just on those self-same grounds. Otherwise, you'd have been there. And it's a shame, because I think you'd have got us quite a good present. The Syrian ambassador went on to say that things are settling down in Syria now, but he refused to be drawn on how many people have been killed in the recent violence there. Again, was that because he didn't know Andy, or but because he's now, he's lost count? <laughs> uh, the, the news of his uh, disinviting was uh, almost unanimously welcomed, and even the shadow Foreign Secretary Douglas Alexander said, William Haig took the right decision this morning to withdraw the invitation to the Syrian ambassador. It's crucial at this stage that we send a clear and unequivocal message to the regime in Damascus. And what a message that seems to be, Andy. <laughs> it seems to be, if you keep slaughtering innocent people, no wedding buffet and party bag for you. <laughs> You can't say anything stronger than that, John. I don't know how you can put it any harsher. <laughs> if they don't get the message from that, they either aren't listening or they're dead inside. <laughs> uh, strangely, uh, even though the Syrian ambassador was disinvited, the ambassador of Bahrain, which has been under martial law since the middle of March, was apparently due to attend. And Libya's ambassador was also officially uh, invited, but was not expected to turn up. I'm <laughs> guessing on his RSVP, he said, Oh, very sorry, but my country's tearing itself apart in a brutal civil war. Otherwise, I'd dearly love to have been there. Please accept the enclosed griddle pan as a token of the <laughs> Libyan nation's esteem. The Syrian ambassador spoke to the BBC and said he was, I quote, a little bit embarrassed at having his invitation withdrawn, but he wished the couple the best of luck. Now, is that the same kind of luck that he wishes the Syrian pro-democracy activists? Oh, I wish you the best of luck with your protests, by which I mean best of luck dodging the bullets that will be firing at you. <laughs> the very best of luck with that. Well, they did. They were representatives from North Korea and Iran at the wedding, <laughs> apparently. So, you know, I guess, you know, just building bridges, John. Building bridges. You know, after all, you know, what, what is the royal family apart from... Uh, the, the best cooperation between Britain and Germany that's ever existed. You're right, Andy. North Korea is there, and that's got a sting. If you are not invited to the wedding, but you see the ambassador from North Korea there, that has to be a slap <laughs> in the face. And it does seem a gamble having someone representing Kim Jong-il in the room for when they say, does anyone have any objection to this union? <laughs> Presumably, Kim Jong-il sent them with orders to shout something absolutely insane out at that point <laughs> they are his representatives after all i'm sure he said now at that specific moment i want you to shout something out loud about how i'm the greatest okay <laughs> just i'll leave that up to you but that's the tone i want to strike it might not be directly answering the question that the archbishops just posed but i really think it's worth pointing out loudly at that moment <laughs> So, not only were, was the Syrian ambassador invited and representatives from, uh, from North Korea, but not invited were the two previous Prime Ministers, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. Downing Street have denied this had any political angle to it. Oh, but, sure, yeah, but when sure. You, when you're inviting someone from North Korea and not your predecessor in 10 Downing Street, then you are making an infantile political point. <laughs> and a St James's Palace spokesman explained this by saying... This is a private wedding, not a state occasion. For a private wedding, they make quite a song and dance about it. Uh, so do check out the uh, updates that I put up on the Bugle Twitter feed, at Hello Buglers. And I'll just leave you with this, this thoughts about the wedding, John. If we'd lost the Second World War, that wedding would have happened in Leipzig. Oh, That makes you think, doesn't it? Boy, that really brings it home. 
There you go. More top stories tomorrow. I'm off to fight a bear. Bye.